Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody online, you need to share this with your loved ones. This is a move of God. I'm believing that the Lord is going to do it. I'm excited for the forthcoming testimonies by faith. Glory to God. Here we are. Luke chapter 17. And I want us to read from verse 11 and onward. The Bible says, on the way. Somebody say, on the way. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. Somebody say ten lepers. Who stood at a distance and lifted their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Everybody say, a Samaritan. Bible then says, then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then the last one he says, and he said to him, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Bow your heads with me as we pray and get ready to go into this word. God, I thank you for what you're doing today. Thank you for the movement of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would continue to move. That even now through the preaching and declaration of your word, Lord God, that you would do a rhema in somebody's heart. That it would be a relevant, a right now word that will destroy yokes, lift burdens, and will propel them into their destiny. And while you're blessing us here at Serve City, we remember all of the churches around the greater Toronto area today that are preaching your gospel. We pray, Lord, that just as you're blessing us, that you would bless them. Lord, that fruit and harvest would come forth because they are not our competitors. They are our co-laborers. And Lord, all of the churches that we cover, that we're in fellowship with, and around the world that we're connected to, bless and do mighty things. And we thank you and we give you honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. On your way to your seat, look at your neighbor. Tell them God does messy miracles. Come on. Look through your mask at somebody else and tell them God's in the miracle business. Come on. The miracle business is not closed by any means. God is definitely here. I even hear the Lord as we jump into this word today uh, to continue our messy miracle series. I even hear the Lord, you know, even just sharing with us. I was, I was there and I heard him even sharing that even some of these habits, these pandemic habits. Come on. There's some things that have been. Uh, adopted and have been started during this pandemic come on that have been taking root uh, in times of desperation and I'm believing that even during this series that the Lord is going to chop even those things down come on somebody and we're believing that great things are still ahead well I'm going to start here been jumping into this passage we'll be looking at this messy miracle series around uh, God's supernatural presence and work uh, that is still yet and still manifesting in our lives and the importance of us being to the place where not only do we receive it uh, but we steward it properly come on somebody 
We manage it. We take care of it. We use it and we walk in it according uh, to the design and the desire of the Lord. And so now as we walk into this fourth part, uh, as we've been talking about people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and uh, a hot mess. And we've been talking uh, about even Samson and we talked about messy hair. And we uh, this past Sunday talked about uh, a wet mess. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and how we're called to be sea walkers. Come on. And uh, it's just been a, an encouragement to my own faith uh, and a reminder to mine. And when I think about this as we jump into this story on today, you know, I remember a long time ago, long time ago when I just entered ministry, uh, just celebrated 16 years of pastoral ministry. Uh, and when I first started uh, before, actually when I just started preaching, even before starting pastoral ministry, uh, I was in a season where... You know, I, I experienced God's miraculous healing in, in, in so many ways. And, you know, it was nuts because I was able to lay hands on people and see them healed. This is why I believe from things like stage four cancer. I saw stuff like God, I prayed for someone through a cell phone. Uh, and by the end of the service, the person that couldn't get up out their hospital bed got up out their hospital bed. Uh, and walk around the hospital. So, uh, this is glory to God. God is able to do these things. This is why I believe it. This is why I declare these things. And it's meant to uh, bring glory to God and also to inspire you to know that God still does stuff. Especially even in this house. Uh, we have had so many miracles around childbirth. It is insane. And these are things that I note because the enemy often will have for us to skirt by or skip over. And I believe it's imperative for us not to do so, but to build altars. Somebody say build an altar. When it is that God does stuff, we make a mark that is a testimony and a testament to his goodness and his power at work in our lives. And, I, you know, around this early part of my ministry, it was nuts to me because, you know, I have, I grew up with terrible asthma. And I had terrible asthma uh, I could not participate in any sports that I would have liked to uh, without having to take my puffer before and after. And if I didn't, I would have died. And I, I mean, there have been times even during uh, having asthma, you know, I, I didn't have my puffer. I was having terri a terrible asthma attack. And, you know, I knew there was no puffer where I went and looked. And then miraculously, there would be one there. It was crazy, like stuff like that when I was a kid. But I was one of those kids that had asthma so bad, I couldn't run from here to here without having to take my puffer. And, you know, one of the challenging things for me was that, um, you know, as a child, I would often be in my bedroom. And, you know, and I, I remember in those times just in the house um, having asthma so bad I had, you know, if, if there are asthmatics in the house or people uh, online, I remember I used to have um, what we called the mask, a nebulizer. And so I used to have to, it was so bad I would have to take the nebulizer several times. You know, there were a number of times my mom would say like, boy, are you knocking at death's door, you know. Because it was always really bad. I'd have to be in the hospital sometimes several, several weeks and things like this. And so anyways, being in my room and, and the crazy thing is looking out the window, I felt isolated. Anybody ever been through something that made you feel isolated? Because my friends were outside and they were doing things that I couldn't do at that time. You know, even especially long distance running and, um, and, and things like that. There was always the Terry Fox run. Anybody know about the Terry Fox run? I used to run around and collect popsicle sticks 
you know, and uh, depending upon how many, uh, uh, you know, laps you did and all this stuff. And there are all these things that I wish that I could have done. I wanted to run cross country and all that, but I could not do it because of the severity of the asthma that I had. Now, the thing was nuts to me because when I started in ministry, uh, I still had asthma. And it was to the place where, you know, I'm, I, one day, you know, I would, I would be preaching and having asthma attacks. And I'm just like, Jesus, this, this doesn't make sense to me, Lord. I mean, I'm laying hands on people, seeing diseases disappear, and I'm preaching and seeing people get saved and all this stuff, whatever. And I'm having terrible asthma still, Jesus. I'm like, and I, and I got a side job because I wasn't working in uh, ministry full time or anything at that time. And I, you know, um, I, it was one day I had to clean um, cellulose. There's this thing called cellulose, and there's these silos that they had in the states where I was living at the time. And I would have to climb up all of these stairs to get to the top. And clean off the silo, and then I'd come back down. And that was what my assignment was, all of the silos that were in that area. And I had a, such a bad asthma attack one time. I came home, and I got on my knees. I'm like, God, I am done with this. I'm like, God, it is not fair. Have you, you ever cried out to God? Yeah. I was like, I'm tired of being separated. I'm tired not being able to do certain things and being isolated. I'm like, God, can you, can you please take this asthma away from me? And I heard in my, in, in my spirit in that moment, and this is why, and I'm telling you to do this, don't go do what I did. You know, don't send me any emails or anything like this or whatever. This is what the Lord told me to do in that moment. I heard in that moment, throw away your medicine. Now, mind you, the day before that, come on, somebody, somebody say the day before. Is it okay for me to just testify? It's young people that don't like to talk about, so I'm talking about, my God is real. Come on, somebody. Day before, I had a terrible asthma, an acute asthma attack. It was horrible. And I came home, and I heard when I prayed that prayer, get rid of your medicine. So I took my puffers, and I threw them in the garbage. I took the, all of the supply of stuff that I had, and I discarded of it. Now, I lived in Michigan at the time. My doctors were in Toronto. So all of my meds and prescriptions and everything came from to, uh, Toronto. And my parents would have to send them to me or I'd have to get them when I came home or whatever because I was in the States for school. So when I threw them away, that was it. And I'll never forget, thereafter, I left and the following day I went back to work. And I went back to the same place that I had an asthma attack the day before. And I said, God, if this is real, let's see it. And I ran up the stairs and I ran down the stairs. And I ran up the stairs and I ran down the stairs. Look, 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 not only did I not have an asthma attack, but I have never taken an asthma med ever again. That was when I was 19. I'm 36 years old now. Come on, somebody. And you know what? Is, somebody say he's a healer. He's a healer. He's a... God is still a healer. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the devil said. Does, that, does it mean that he heals everybody every time? No, don't be immature. But at the end of the day, he is a healer. He is capable of doing it. Somebody that believes it say he's able. He's able, he's able, he's able. And you know, as a form, and, I, and so I'm so grateful. I'm not ashamed, fam. That's why you see me. And for those who are new to this thing, I'm, I'll be turned every single time, fam. They're like, yo, what is, what is, is pastor always this turn? Yes. In real life, I'm the same turn because he's been good to me, y'all. You know that, I, I mean, after that, I mean, I, I've been able to, to run, I run, I do long distance running as worship. 
Come on, somebody. I'll never forget the first time I went out there and started running. And I went, uh, Leon, Leon and I, we run like 20 kilometers. Come on, somebody. We do it several times. I, I just rode before the weather broke 75 kilometers. Come on, somebody. Without any sort of anything. This is a glory to God and as a worship to God because he is able. And I'm here to tell you in the midst of a world that thinks that God is not real and thinks that, come on, somebody, that COVID is Jesus or COVID is God and in control I wonder if there's anybody that knows that God is a healer come on if you know he's a healer I ought you ought to put those hands together and give him the praise somebody online type he's a healer he's a healer and so not only this so with this in mind I love it because we find some individuals in this passage who show up and they're in a moment where they're experiencing some difficult times Now, I want to start here, and I'll go through this passage line upon line. Stay with me. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Here we go. Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. Bible says, on the way to Jerusalem, speaking of Jesus, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. So Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. Somebody say Jerusalem. He was headed to Jerusalem. He wasn't headed to Samaria or Galilee. He was going between there, uh, between there on the way to Jerusalem. But, you know, the fact of the matter is uh, that Jesus made a providential pit stop. Come on, somebody say a providential pit stop. Where there was something, there was someone, there were some individuals that were waiting there. Bible says uh, that, he, that he, he, as he entered the village in verse 12, he was met by ten lepers. Who stood at a distance. Now, so, so this is a providential pit stop. It may have seemed as if he was not intending to go there by those he was traveling with. But how many of you know, uh, can I give you point number one? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Come on. You may have been someone's plan B, but you're always God's plan A. Oh, let me say that again. You may have been someone's plan B, but you are always God's plan A. It may have seemed because Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem like it was not in his plan to meet up with those lepers. I don't know who of you in here today are in that place where you feel like you may have gotten picked second, so you were second. But how many of you know, even when you get picked second, even the fact of the matter is that you providentially are still on God's mind and his plan plans for you are still yet to come to pass i wonder if i have any bible readers that know about the story of david and how david was in the back tending to sheep getting dirty when all of the man them that looked the part were lined were brought out and presented come on somebody and as the as the next king and and as they go down the line bible makes it clear uh, the prophet's like no that's not the one no that's not the one no that the oil would not pour on any of the other sons that were out first come on but then at the end and the at the at the last but not least he was like do you have any more and he says yeah there's just this other dude he in the back come on somebody he was ashamed of him he just in the back taking care of sheep come on getting dirty uh, there's that one and then when he comes out it's it's made clear that the one who was picked who was picked last come on was the one that God had chosen even though man's order is not God's order 
and I don't know who I'm here to talk to. They've been making fun of you because of when you've been chosen. They've been making fun of you because of when things have been coming to place in your life and passing your life. But can I come with a message from glory to encourage somebody today that you might have been someone's plan Z, but you are still God's plan A. And what he has declared and purpose for your life, it will come to pass. Oh, I feel that thing. And so he shows up. And he goes in this place. It wasn't planned, but it was a providential pit stop. And as he enters this village, he was met by ten lepers. Someone say ten lepers. Who stood at a distance. Thank you, sir. Who stood at a distance. Somebody say stood at a distance. Now I want you to understand that leprosy was a condition that isolated them from everything and everyone. Leprosy was an isol- a form of isolation. If I was to title this message, uh, I would call this message uh, uh, an isolating mess. So I want to deal with stuff because there's someone here today because of what you're going through, you feel isolated. There are things, if I can just go into this part of your life, which you may not even say out loud because you are scared about what people will think about you. If you were to unearth this thing or if you were to say it out loud, you would be fearful. You're fearful about judgment and all of this stuff. And so you, it isolates you from others. Am I the only person that's ever been there? But we find these, lep- these people with leprosy, it isolated them. In fact, in Leviticus, what book did I say? Leviticus, uh, the Bible makes it clear in Leviticus 13, verse 45 and 46. Look what it says about people who are leprous. Bible says, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes. So it's not even that they can't necessarily afford good clothes, but they have to wear raggedy clothes. Come on. And let their hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. Verse 46, he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside of the camp. And I think one of the biggest weapons of the enemy in this season, especially this season of pandemic, is isolation. Is getting us to the place through social distance and physical distancing that we stay by ourselves when it is that we are facing some of the challenging things that we are up against. And because the world says when it is that you have leprosy that you're supposed to wear torn clothes and you're supposed to hide out and you're supposed to separate. Come on somebody because the world says that you've got to wear a mask and you've got to cover yourself and isolate yourself. As a result we are to a place where we are staying in bondage and are not receiving the deliverance and the breakthrough oftentimes that God has for us and so the fact of the matter is if I can tell you this we see with these individuals they when they're in this situation they don't observe the rules they are in a place where the Bible says they are from uh, from a far off watch this they are in that place where from a far off they are they are declaring and they are they're at a distance and so look at what happens Bible says in verse 13 and they lifted their voices saying Jesus master have mercy on us here it is let me give you point number two if you're ready for it say I'm ready I want to hear you say I'm ready All right, watch this. Don't allow isolation 
to keep you from your transformation. Let me say it again. Don't allow isolation to keep you from transformation. God's desire is for you to be transformed. God's desire, despite what you're facing, as heinous as it is, and as hard as it is, is for you to receive what it is that you need. And oftentimes, isolation hinders us because of the standard and the thing that the world has put out there as to how we're to act when we are facing difficulty. Many of you are looking out the window at your friends playing outside many of you are looking into the situations of others and feeling isolated and I'm here to tell you that you and I have got to get to the place where we don't allow isolation to hinder us from transformation are you still with me and so I love it because they lift up their voices watch this and they say Jesus have mercy on us Jesus have mercy on us if you remember Watch this. And here, stay with me. In Luke, uh, in Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45, the Bible says that not only are they to wear torn clothes, and not only are they supposed to isolate and live apart and stand away and stay away from those who are uh, in a well condition, uh, they're also supposed to declare unclean. Unclean. So the law was for them to declare unclean when it is that they came near so that people, and I just, I just feel it in my spirit. Someone who in this place today feels unclean because of what you're dealing with. I'm so grateful. This is why we say stuff like no perfect people allowed. This is why we, we, we have created an environment and we're intentional about this Serve City family being a place where no matter what you struggle with, no matter what you face, no matter what you're up against that makes you feel isolated, that you can belong. Somebody say, it's good to belong. And so watch, but notice they are to the place where uh, they are, where they are, instead of declaring unclean, unclean, watch what they say. They say instead, they say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Oh, let me tell you this. Can I give you point number three? Can I give you point number three? Okay, here we go. Change your vernacular in the presence of the master. You've got to change the way you talk in the presence of the master. Come on. These people realize, these people realize that the person who, with whom they had an audience was not uh, the, an average person. Come on, somebody. And so where they regularly would have cried out unclean, unclean, they realized that the person that they were in the presence of, that they were, that that person had the capability of being able to change their situation and give them deliverance and bring breakthrough and many of us have been has been coming to Jesus the same way that we would go to every other person but if we truly had a revelation this is why we're singing stuff like let us become more aware of your presence if you knew who you were in front of if you knew who was here when we worship Bible says that he is enthroned or he dwells in the praise of his people if you knew who was here you would start crying out to him and call out to him no Knowing that he is able to do it. See, come on somebody. He is able to lift burdens. He is able to heal bodies. He is able to regulate minds. Any witnesses in the house today? He is able to repair families. He is able to bring stuff together that has been torn apart. He is able to provide finances where it is that you are in need. This is the master that is among us. And so they change their vernacular. They don't respond the way the law says. They cry out and they say, Jesus, master. 
Come on, somebody. Have mercy. And many of us, watch this, uh, you don't realize that your breakthrough is in your mouth. Oh my, and we've been, we've been taking on the vernacular of the world, the common vernacular, the way that everybody is talking. And in this season, I'm believing and I'm declaring it over you that we ought to be a kingdom people with kingdom vernacular. Come on, somebody. We are not talking like everybody. When everybody is saying it's over, we're saying, oh no, I read First Thessalonians chapter 4 that talks about that when we see this stuff, we shouldn't be de dealing with it and responding like the rest of the world. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, I tell you these things so you will have peace. John 16, 33. In this world, you will have persecution or tribulation. But be of good cheer for all I have overcome the world. We ought to be into the place where we recognize the master in our midst. And instead of telling him to the place where we're complaining, we call out to him knowing that he is capable to do what we stand in need of. And many of us, we've been to the place where we have already made God's decision for him. Before we have even asked him, we're like, oh, it must just be the will of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Oh, you know, well, you know, stuff happens. And then we walk away. But in many cases, you have not even asked God. Come on, somebody. You have not even reached out to God. And I'm believing that we are a people that is going to rise up in this day and age that will shine brightly with the power of God in our midst because we will come to before the Lord boldly. Come on, somebody. Don't waste the grace that God has given us now we can come boldly somebody say boldly and so they boldly when the world is saying y'all gotta shout unclean unclean they say Jesus master they say something different they say something different somebody say they say something different they said something different and then notice this and he goes on and you know so we got to change our vernacular but then also, and I want you to write this down, write down James chapter 3, James chapter 3, verse 3 through 12. I want you to write that down and check it out for yourself when you go home. Look at that passage about the power of the tongue. And so then, now, verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. Now, this is required of Jewish law to so the ones who would deem them unclean. You know, he says, go and show yourself to those people because it would have to be them that would declare them clean again so they could re-enter themselves into society. And although this is what it is, uh, I want to note the fact that Jesus, notice, he doesn't say, you are healed. He doesn't say, when you go and do this, you're going to be healed. He literally just tells them and says, go show yourself to the priests. And it's powerful because this makes it clear to us, and I love this, that, you know, Jesus' healing methods are unconventional. And the Pharisees would always try to put him in a box. Come on, somebody. And he would say, every time you try to stencil the Savior, you are going to be disappointed. So the way he tells them to be healed is go and show yourself to the priest. Can I tell you number four? Watch this. Don't create a stencil for the Savior. Don't create a stencil for the supernatural. 
Don't create a stencil for the supernatural. You got to get to the place where you and I, the reason why we miss the miracle is because we have created a stencil. We've said, we've tried to put God in a box and say, God can only move this way. Come on. This is why, can I even declare this apostolically? This is why there are so many denominations that are hindered and that are bound and are not going anywhere because they've attempted to put the supernatural in a stencil. And so unless God doesn't do it like this, come on, then that means that God didn't move I wonder if I'm talking to a church that understands and that's when God shows up and says oh you thought I was going to do it that way let me do it this way and the same power that happened that way the way that you saw me do it then I'm capable of doing it this way too when you look through the book of Acts it's powerful (laughs) because you find people that will make doctrines and say, for example, as it pertains to the manifestations of tongues and fill, being filled with the Holy Ghost, they'll try to say stuff like, you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name alone. And then after this, then you will uh, receive the filling of the Holy Spirit according to Acts chapter 2 uh, and 38 and 37 and 38 in that whole passage. And then we see stuff like where Jesus messes it up in Acts chapter 10 when uh, Peter goes to Cornelius' house and the Bible says that while he is yet preaching, come on, so somebody before they were baptized in Jesus name the Holy Spirit fell on them come on and they begun to speak in tongues and then they went and bat- were baptized it's a mess because so many denominations and see, y'all don't like this kind of preaching okay uh, so many people try to make stuff up and put God in a box and God is saying you can't hold me fam at the end of the day I am still real I will heal and I'll do it because I'm sovereign however you can't put the sovereign in a stencil come on somebody you I'm going to move how I want to move. Don't create a sense. I remember Mark chapter 2 verse 5. The Bible makes it clear that when Jesus saw the faith of friends. Remember I preached that a few months ago that he then says to the guy. He says, uh, the, he says to the paralytic. when he, The guy who was paralyzed. When he saw the faith of his friends. He says to that guy. Uh, your sins are forgiven. What? Why would he say that? He doesn't say you, you will be. And so the Pharisees, he was saying it that way to show the Pharisees that although he was in flesh, he was God in flesh and had the capability of healing and of forgiving sins rather. And so he chose to say it that way to be able to demonstrate it that way to them at that time so that they would know that although he was walking in flesh, that this was God in flesh. And they didn't like that. They challenged him because of what he said, uh, but he was showing them something. And I love it. I love my God. The reason why we know uh, him as Jehovah Jireh is because he decided to show himself as a provider by asking Abraham to take his only son. Come on, somebody and take him up a mountain and sacrifice him and the reason why we today are able to declare and say he's Jehovah Jireh is because of that whole exchange that many of us would have looked at and said that can't be God he tells Abraham sacrifice your own son takes him up on a hill and then when he's getting ready to do it and follow out God's commands come on in that moment the angel stays his hand and says don't do it and then he looks in a bush and there's an animal that is there in the bush and this is where Abraham declares this is called Jehovah Jireh is it in other words the God who provides a sacrifice and we making all sorts of songs today Jehovah Jireh my provider and we're singing all this stuff and we sing it and we declare it and my wife was talking about it in 
today. How would we know? Because of that situation that was unconventional. Come on, don't miss the miracle because of the un because you are it's coming to you in a unconventional package, and you better get people out your life that try to pigeonhole and act like they have the corner on the gospel and the corner on miracles. Come on, somebody, and open yourself up to be aware of who's in your presence. Don't create a stencil for the supernatural. Don't attempt to put God in a box. Come on. And so Jesus tells them, uh, he says, he says, go and show yourselves to the priest. And this is what he told them uh, as, as it pertains to what he wanted them to do. And then the Bible goes on and says, uh, and as they went, they were cleansed. So it says, as they went. So in their obedience, in them doing what God told them to do as they went. Come on. They didn't stand and be like, I don't see the uh, spots disappearing. Come on, somebody. Uh, I don't see all the ducks in the row. Uh, I don't see the, you know, uh, the stuff that all of these. I don't No, no, no. As they went. Come on. How many of you know? Can I just give you a side note? How many of you know that some of the biggest breakthrough happens on the way? Uh, oh, that's good enough to talk to your neighbor. Look down your neighborhood and just tell them, say neighbor. neighbor. Come on, put some caffeine in that voice. Say neighbor. neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Come on, tell them sometimes the breakthrough happens on the way. Oh my, on their way, this is when they were cleansed. There are some of you who are waiting for stuff to turn around before you go to the bank and do some research. I remember my wife and I, when we were preparing and we were getting ready and we declare and we're excited uh, uh, next year as we get prepared to move into our own home. Come on, somebody. I I'm excited about it. And, you know, for a while we were sitting there and we were talking about, you know, uh, what we wanted to do and what, how we were going to do it and all these plans. And then one day my wife and I were talking, my wife's like, babe, we should just go to the bank bank and have a conversation and find out certain uh, details that we need to find out and we literally went and as we went uh, not only did new things open up to us but also God started to put some stuff in our path supernaturally as we started to go and as we started to walk and I'm here to tell you there's someone you are waiting for stuff to happen you've been standing still you've been standing and looking at the wall twiddling your thumbs and I'm here to tell you you ought to be to the place that when God drop supernaturally in your life you already got the business plan written out come on somebody you already started saving you already started making yourself acquainted with certain people of influence you already started connecting yourself and learning and reading because when it is oftentimes that you are on the way that's when the breakthrough happens are you hearing what i'm saying on this morning and so sometimes the breakthrough happens on the way. I'm almost done. Uh, uh, watch this. And then verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, was isolated, was in a place where he was away from family and friends. And the Bible makes it clear and says that he turned back. Somebody say turn back. Praising God with a loud voice. And I want you to understand this because... The reason why the Bible writers noted this is because it's made clear regarding leprosy that people, uh, the fact of the matter is the Kaufman commentary notes that um, an almost total failure of the voice is one of the symptoms of leprosy. So as he's going on his way, come on somebody, as he's going on his way, this Samaritan and he realizes what took place. 
He's like, oh my, I'm not just going to take this and act like I deserved it. But I have, I have the audacity not to act with pride, but I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go back. And with the voice that he now gave me, which I didn't have before, I'm going to use it to say thank you. Oh my. Oh, this is so powerful. I want to encourage there are some of you that you have been in a position where there are things that you cried out to God for uh, in times past and now you need a cheerleader. Come on. But I wonder if there's anybody in this place that says that God has been so good to me. Come on. I owe him a praise. And at the end of the night, I'm not going to act all stuck up and sadity and like I owe, like uh, God owed me to deliver me. Come on, somebody. I wonder if there's anyone for the next few moments that can put your hands together online and open your mouth and give God the praise that you will turn back and say thank you and so look look I want you to understand this because look they cry out with a loud voice I think that's powerful with a loud voice he used the thing that he didn't have now that has been restored how are you using what has been restored How are you using it now? Are you using it to give glory to Jesus? Or have you forgotten about the elevator once you've been elevated? So it is now, even for those of you who as we release and we believe and we receive miracles and the supernatural today in the house. And we're looking for the forthcoming testimonies. But when the testimonies come, what are you going to do with them? Are you going to use them to give glory to God? When you get the favor, when you cry out, God, give me favor with the bank. What are you doing in the house when you get the house? Oh, my. Am am I talking to someone? Can I just keep it real today? What are you doing when you cried out, God, I want a spouse. Oh, God, I want a man. And now, or I want a woman. And now the spouse has come. What are you doing in that marriage? Are you honoring that marriage? Are you stepping out on that marriage? What are you doing with the marriage that God has given you as you've been praying for deliverance and breakthrough or for God to do the supernatural in the midst of your mess? And I love it because the Bible makes it clear he fell on his face and he was giving thanks. And now the Bible says now he was a Samaritan. And I love this because, you know, Jesus, if, you, if you read anything about Jesus, you'll find that Jesus is always talking about Samaritans. <laughs> And he's always doing stuff because Samaritans were seen by Jews as a half-breed. They would rather, I mean, they would rather die than eat a piece of bread from a Samaritan. That's how bad it was. And Jesus would also, would always, like the good Samaritan is a parable about, he's telling to Jews about a type of person that they hate who is the one who helps them. He makes the person that that they would have hated the hero in the story. But it wasn't just parables. It was even in real life. Like, remember the woman at the well? She was a Samaritan. And so Jesus always would go across these barriers to be able to do miracles in the lives of people who were rejected by society or rejected by those who were common to him in that time. And I just love it, man. I love it. And I've been talking about this because some of the greatest miracles and also the greatest responses happen in the lives of the underdogs. Happened in the lives. See, the Jews who got this, the the, the part of it, the Bible says, he says, where were the nine? He says, wouldn't they have returned to? And then he goes on and he says that the one that came back was just, was a foreigner. So the people, there are so many of us, oh, can I even just talk about it? 
There's so many of us who are Christians. You've been believing for a long time. You've been a Christian for a long time. You helped Noah close the door to the ark. Come on, somebody. And you were the midwife that helped Mary deliver Jesus. And at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is, with all of that and your sanctified self, when God does stuff, we often get to the place where we overlook it, where we miss it, or we undermine it, or we act prideful when he does it. But God is saying, oh my, uh, it's time for the church to return to its first love. Oh my, it's time, it's time. I'm believing, like I said, even in this season, this season of isolation, where we've been, as I've been calling it, in a cosmic timeout, where God has put us in the corner and we've been having to, uh, to look and deal with certain things that God is trying right now to manifest his miraculous and supernatural power in the lives of the believer to the place where the world looks even in the midst of this messy situation and they are able to see God's power manifest in the midst of this darkness and so look he says where are the nine in other words Jesus expected that the others would return too he expected it see look look, look this is this is it I want you to get this uh, here's point number five this is my last point for you uh, God deserves and expects our praise for the performance of his power. Let me say that again. God deserves and expects our praise for the performance of his power. Uh, he says, was there no one found to return and praise God except this foreigner? Oh my, I want you to understand that God expects it. There are some of you that thinks that God is out here just doing stuff for the heck of it. No, he, has doing, he is doing it so that he will get the glory. Watch this. And he deserves it. Come on, somebody. He alone deserves the glory and there are many of you that are like oh God just knows my heart no God does the stuff with the purpose of getting the glory because he is God and he does anybody know he deserves the worship I wonder if there's anybody that knows that he deserves it but not only does he deserve it but he also expects it come on somebody the Bible makes it clear in in uh, Psalm 150 that we are to praise the Lord for his mighty acts Praise him for his excellent greatness. Come on. Oh my. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I wonder if it's a church in this place. Can we just end this message? Is there anybody that knows that God deserves the praise? I know I already asked it, but can I ask it at our online campus? I dare you right where you are to begin to give the Lord the praise. It's some stuff that you skipped over and you thought, oh, you would just get past it. And oh, it don't matter that cold that you sought God to heal you from that flu even some of you that had COVID and God has healed you come on you were praying for deliverance you were praying for breakthrough and God did it come on there are relationships you were seeking God for and he restored it and I wonder if there's anybody in this place that says he deserves it and because he expects it I'm gonna give it to him. for every car accident that he spared me from come on somebody I give him the glory for every form of sickness and every form of disease oh God we give you the praise come on somebody build an altar with me for every single time when I felt like blowing my brains out but I'm still here in this moment I give you the glory and the honor and the praise for every single time I lost a loved one and I felt like all hope was lost I'm so grateful and I give you the praise oh God for the performance of your comforting power for you said that the Holy Spirit would be a comforter and I thank you for 
was going to eat or how I was going to pay a bill that you were Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I thank you. Come on, somebody online and in the house for every single time you have. I will turn back and give you the glory. And most of all, I give you the praise for when I was a sinner. Come on, sinking deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. Then the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. And from the waters, from the waters, he lifted me. And now safe am I. I give you the glory and I give you the honor and I give you the praise because not just did he die, but bright and early on Sunday morning, he got up. He got up. He got up with all power in his hands. Somebody put those hands together. Look back and open your mouth and give him the glory. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Woo! Oh my. I'm patty caking. Surf City will be a praising church. We will look back. Yeah. We're not going to forget about the Savior. Oh, yes, God. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. To worship you. Come on, is that you? Is that what you'd? To worship, come on. And to worship you, I This is what we came to do today. To worship you, I live, I live. Thank you for healing me, God, that I can run and jump and leap and give you the praise. Hallelujah. Anybody in this place, to worship and to worship you, I live. To worship you. I live, I live to worship. Somebody worship him. Cry out, say, oh, come on. We honor you, Jesus. Say, oh, we honor you, Jesus. If you're the only one in your family, still turn back and give him the praise. Come on, you ought to glorify him. Even if you're the only one in your family, declare it. To worship you and to worship you. Hi. Come on, generations are changing right now. I live to Come on, don't waste this moment. Come on, let's press on in. The master is here. Change your vernacular. Worship him. Come on, declare and to worship. Come on, online. Let's declare it and to worship you. I live, I live to worship you. Come on, come on. One more time to worship you. Come on, declare it. Say and to worship you. We glorify you. Come on, you got to get a flashback and then look back to give him the praise. Oh, say, and oh. Say, oh. 
Yeah, he's pre his presence is here. Oh, we are standing on holy ground. And I know that there, yeah, yeah, some of you need to cry out for the first time in a long time all around I hear I'm restoring your praise come on he's restoring your praise come on and let us pray Jesus now say and Jesus now receive him his presence is here come on this is all that matters and we are standing in your presence. Come on. On holy ground. Come on, can we sing it one more time? If you know this is holy ground, we are say, And we are standing on holy ground. Hey. the Lord what you need from him on this morning and I know and I know that there are angels all around all around come on God says angels are ministering spirits to wait on us who are saved and let us pray get what you need from this atmosphere come on Jesus us now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. And we are standing. We are standing. Come on. And we are standing. <laughs> we are standing. Come on. And we are standing. On holy ground, on praise him one one last time, real big. Come on, glory to God. In this moment, I dare you win the while the presence of the Lord is here. I'm not rushing past this moment because this is holy ground. I encourage you, lift your hands where you are. For those, some of you, this might be your first time doing it, even online. And I dare you, the master is here. This is why we're parked in this moment. I dare you to ask him. Ask him for what you need. What is it? Is it healing? Is it breakthrough? Is it salvation? Ask him for what you need right now in this atmosphere. Yes, God. He's here for you. He's here for you. Don't be ashamed. Whoa. Online. Come on, ask him. Cry out to him. Yeah, yeah. Cast your cares on him for he cares for you. Yes, God. Unholy Oh, God, I thank you. And we, last time, are standing on holy ground. Yes, God. And I know that there are angels 
all around. Thank you, Christ. And let us praise. Oh, oh, oh. Jesus now. You may be seated. We are standing in His presence. <laughs> holy ground. Glory. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Well, I would be remiss in this moment if I do not extend with the the Lord moving in the way that he's moving in this midst for someone to respond to the gospel. You've heard about Jesus' death on our behalf because we're all sinners. The Bible makes it clear. Headed for hell, headed for death. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 says. But it says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus came. That's why we celebrate the way we do. He lived perfectly because you and I couldn't. He took our punishment on the cross. He died and he rose from death with all power on the third day. And now through his life, he extends eternal life to those of us and relationship with God to those of us who are far from God. Thank you, Jesus. And so I'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment. And today, if you're like, I don't have a relationship with God, I see all y'all, y'all are excited and people are, you know, emoting and experiencing stuff and whatever. And I don't have a relationship with God. But today I sense the tug of the Holy Spirit and I want to begin a relationship with God. It's this first step. And you're like, today is my day or someone who has run away from God. And today you're like, I want to come home. I want to come home to God today. You may have run away from him, but the Bible makes it clear that even though you have run away from him, that he has not run away from you. And so today, if you're like, you know what, I want to come back to Christ. I want to see him again. I want, I want my relationship with him restored. If that person is you in this place today, I want to lead you in this prayer. Every head bow, every eye closed in this moment, even for those of you who are watching online. If you feel that tug, every head bow, every eye closed, just this moment is between me, you, and God. And you're like, today is my day. Today is my day to trust Christ. Today is my day to give him my life. Today is my day to come home to him. On the count of three, I want you to pop that hand up real high. If everybody head bow, every eye closed. Today is your day. Even online, those of you who are watching in our online campus, on the count of three, if that person is you, pop that hand up real high here we go one two three come on pop that hand up praise god i see that hand if there's anybody else in the house that's making this decision if there's anyone else that's online that's making this decision pop that hand up i see those hands praise god i see those hands so in this moment you can put those hands down and i want you to pray this prayer with me and mean it with all of your heart it's not a prayer that saves it's jesus who saves but this is a prayer that is drawing a line in the sand saying, today I'm yours, Lord. And today I'm coming back home to you if you've gone away from him. And so I want you to pre repeat this after me and serve city. We don't let people pray by themselves. Let's pray this as an affirmation of our faith and a support of their faith. 
And so right now we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Be with me now and forevermore. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who have made decisions for Christ today? In the house and online. Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful for all of you on today. I hope that you were blessed by this move of the Lord.